Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. And today we're talking about being a weirdo, being a freak. (laughs) (laughs) Have you, do you know that song, Jesus Freak? Uh, I don't think so. DC Talk? No. (laughs) You clearly did not grow up an evangelical in the 90s in the Bible Belt. I did not. Like, (laughs) (laughs) No, I, that song just popped into my head. There was this really popular song in the 90s called Jesus Freak. And I think some of us are infertility freaks, like myself. Yeah. I fit nice and square into the box of the weirdo, the infertility weirdo. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about, like weird diagnoses. Yeah. Someday I'm going to figure out how to say that word right. Diagnoses. Diagnoses. Diagnosis. Diagnose. That. I don't know. Did we go through this? Or was that <laughs> something else? <laughs> well, we talked about services. So it's probably diagnoses. Di- diagnoses. Mandy, help oh, us out. What is it? <laughs> yeah. So this week we're going to be talking a lot about genetic disorders. Genetic, genetic stuff, among other things. Yeah. Do we, do we have any business first um, up top? Do you? I don't think we have a lot of business. Although, if you're not in our Facebook group, you should be. Yeah. You should be in it. It's a closed Facebook group. While you're thinking about it, you should uh, rate this podcast. <laughs> and or review yeah yeah actually i mean you don't have to do it right now if this is your first time listening you haven't gotten much so far i get it (laughs) we're getting there (laughs) that's true if it's not if it's not and you are you've been listening for 11 episodes now go do yourself a favor and give us a rating and review you think people know us by now right yeah yeah right just i I don't know if we should like introduce ourselves in case we're new people now you'll have to go back and listen to episode one because if we introduced ourselves for every episode and told our backstory, they'd all be like five hours long. Ain't nobody got that kind of time. Oh, I was just going to say I have dogs that usually interrupt us. Oh. So. <laughs> you hear barking. True. Sarah is a, uh, she comes with some doggy baggage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're very pushy. <laughs> Yeah, so rating, review, that'd be awesome. Join the Facebook group. There's all kinds of good things happening in there. I love it. Me too. A lot of, a lot of laughter happening, which is so needed in the infertility world. And I like that. Yeah, there was a lot of funny things going on last weekend. Was that Saturday? There were. I think it, I think it was. It was, a, it was a good old like nod to Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck if, but you, know you might be infertile if... And it, I was literally laughing out loud at some of them. They were so good. So if you need a laugh, go join the Facebook group. Nobody will know that you're in it unless they're like searching for you. If they, if you're worried that about joining the Facebook group. Or you're friends with someone who's in it. Yeah, they don't, it would only, the only way they would know is if they specifically sought out the group and then looked for you in, like it only lists the names of the people in the group, but it, you don't see any of the content. So true. Go join us. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess I could uh, talk about what I'm going to talk about later on. In, Ooh, in out of the um, box. The out of the box, non-infertility section. <laughs> but it does have to do with genetics. So a little crossover there yeah, today. It's my uh, ancestry DNA kit story. And it has to do with genetics and moral dilemmas. <laughs> Are you related to Peter? Oh, no. I was a little afraid, though. Like... <laughs> I was like, oh, no. You're distant cousins. We are not distant cousins. That's good. His dad Um, and my mom grew up in really small towns 30 minutes away from each other, though. That's not how we know each other. And I was like, what if? What if? What if something freaky deaky happened? Nope. But we are not. We are not distantly related as far as ancestry counts. Distant. Some some other kind of moral dilemma. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about that until we get to out of the box. Yeah, even our DNA like countries are way different. So Okay. Yay. So you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my last thing before we get started is I just want to thank Nurse Mandy again. Yes. Everyone loved her episode. Yes, our last episode, episode 10, on recurrent pregnancy loss, she shared her personal story with recurrent pregnancy loss and infant loss, and I just want to thank her again publicly for for uh, I, for sharing her story. I'm sure it was really encouraging for some people, Yeah. so thank you. It almost makes me feel a little insecure that people loved her episode so much, <laughs> because I was not a part of it, but... <laughs> I guess if you ever need a new co-host, <laughs> Mandy could take over. Sarah, you're irreplaceable. Aww. To the left, to the left. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, should I sing? <laughs> the answer is always yes to that question. Should I sing? Yes, you always should. But I'm afraid I'm going to sound bad. I have so many insecurities. <laughs> you have a lot of insecurities happening right now. <laughs> But really, okay. people did love Mandy's episode. They did, and yeah. She did so great. thank you. I'm sure yeah, she'll be back. Thanks. Yeah. We don't have a minute with Nurse Mandy this time. No, but we will again. Of course, yes. Or she'll be correcting us. Right. She likes, she's, she's our fact, she's our main fact checker. Really, we've charged all of you with fact checking us. Yeah, if you she's hear something that's wrong, send us an tell email us. or tell us on Facebook or Instagram. Right. Slide no, into our DMs. Right. <laughs> at Infertile Mafia Podcast. That's Instagram. And email infertilemafia at gmail.com. You can reach us in all of those places. We love to hear from you. Yeah. Like, rem- do you ever watch Conan? Ever? I'm sure you've heard O'Brien. of O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said, tell me if I say something wrong. And they'll like put it on the show. Yeah. You know? He said yeah, Smokey Bear wrong. It's not Smokey the Bear. It's Smokey Bear. Oh. Did you know that? Um, Smokey the Bear. I think I would have said Smokey the Bear, too. Yeah, I mean, you think Smokey the Bear, but his name's Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent forest fires, Sarah. Right. <laughs> Don't. And I think that's a great segue into genetic disease. Yes, sorry. I'm talking too much. 
<laughs> so this is one of the uh, kind of rare infertility diagnoses. Ease. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so did you guys? I'm I'm gonna say something here that's gonna make me look bad. I didn't listen all the way through Nurse Mandy's episode. Oh. <gasps> I edited it, but I didn't get a chance to listen all the way through. You guys sounded great at the beginning, though. Thank you. (laughs) Did you talk about IVF with PGD that much in that episode? Um, We did not get real deep into that, but we did touch on the difference between PGS testing and PGD testing, and... Uh, why you would do one over the other, the difference between the two, and and why you would get them. So what's PGS? PGS is looking for, uh, they're just looking to make sure you've got the right amount of chromosomes in the right order. So it's not as in-depth as PGD? It's not as um, specific. So... PGD stands for pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. So it can be used to identify approximately like over 2,000 inherited gene disorders. And it's 98% accurate in identifying them. Um, So where I'm guessing you're going with that is when you do genetic testing on yourself, you and your partner. Well, yeah. 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 Like, like we've talked about doing genetic testing when you see, seek fertility treatments, although sometimes this happens after maybe you've had recurrent pregnancy loss or a child born with a genetic disease. Um, or failed rounds of IVF. Right. Even. That's right. why we did it. They only tested me, though. Okay. Because they were going to test. It's an expensive test. And, it is. Um, they tested me first. And I wasn't a carrier for anything they tested for, so they did they not could test rule that out. Peter. Right. So if Sarah had been a carrier, then they would have probably suggested that you test Peter to make sure he's not a carrier for the same disease. Right. Because then your odds increase that an eventual child would inherit that disease. Well, if you're both carriers of a genetic disease or disorder... There's usually it's 25% uh, yep. chances. Does anyone remember the diagram from science class? <laughs> There's a 25% <laughs> chance that they will have the disorder. And isn't it like 50% that they will be a carrier? Carrier. And 25% that they won't inherit it at all. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're both a carrier for something, then you can do PGD testing to rule out those embryos that would, in fact, be positive for that disease. Yes. And you have a story, right, from a friend? I do have a story. She didn't actually get back to me with it yet. <laughs> but I know her story, so. <laughs> we just won't use her name. Yeah. I don't think that her and her husband would necessarily want me to use their names. So, I guess I should... Give them letters of the alphabet. <laughs> you can come up with fake names. Fake names. 
Give me. I'll call her Tiffany. Tiffany. Okay. And I'll call him Tom. Okay. <laughs> Tiffany and Tom. So. Like they sound like a lovely couple. Yeah. Alliteration. I love it. <laughs> Peter went to college with Tom and they were just regular friends. <laughs> well. As opposed to. Like infertile friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know. Right. Because yeah. you put your friends in the category of being regular or infertile. <laughs> so my husband and Tom went to school together and we're good friends. Like Tom was in our wedding and then um, him and what were we naming? What was the name? Tiffany. Tiffany. I almost used her real name because it starts with a T. <laughs> oh, I chose poorly. <laughs> Tiffany. They got married a year before us. Like their track of life changes was always a year before us, it seemed. So they got married a year before us. And then we went out to eat with them and I could tell that she was pregnant. Like I was like, they're going to announce it. And it was while we were trying to get pregnant too. And luckily, luckily for me, they didn't announce it at dinner and Tom texted my husband and told him a little bit later on so I could cry alone. (laughs) And I felt bad. Like, I feel bad now that I was, like, jealous of the pregnancy. They got pregnant the first try. And then um, their daughter was born and she had a lot of issues from the start. And uh, she... She was eventually, it took until she was about 10 months old to get diagnosed with this rare uh, disorder called Schwachmann-Diamond Syndrome. And it's a, let me read it off of Wikipedia. We're actually, you're not actually supposed to use Wikipedia as a reference. You knew that, Uh, right? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. anybody can put anything on Wikipedia. Yeah, so I'm sure it's right. It's a rare... So don't try to quote Wikipedia when you're in like circles with smart people. Yeah, but here it's fine because it seems right. Uh, <laughs> it seems right. It looks right. Uh, so Schwachmann-Diamond syndrome is a rare congenital disorder and it's characterized by pancreatic insufficiency, bone marrow dysfunction, skeletal abnormalities, and short stature. Uh, After cystic fibrosis, which is another genetic disorder, uh, it is second most common cause of pancreatic insufficiency in children. So she has a lot of issues with her blood, like the levels of things in her blood. Like she needs the good levels and they're not at where they should be. And she can't get a bacterial infection or it could kill her. So it's a pretty serious disorder. And she has like, she has to get her bone marrow checked for its stability every year. And um, she's three this year and she seems to be doing well, but this disorder was passed down because both Tiffany and Tom were carriers of it and they had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so after they found out that they're carriers, they were like, we can't have any more children. And then they learned that you can do IVF 
to with PGD with PGD to um, test embryos to see if they have it. And so they did IVF with PGD, and they only ended up getting a couple embryos, like two or three. And uh, one of them was normal, like chromosomes, everything was normal. And now they have a six-month-old who they got through IVF. Yep. Good for them. That's great. But yeah, there and there's another girl in our our Facebook group that's in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. That, and I guess if you if you know for maybe there's another reason why you know you're a carrier for something or or you know you could pass on something. I mean, you may not find that out through fertility treatments. You might know it about yourself because you know about your genetics for other reasons. Yeah, or a family member has yeah. it. Like if your sibling had a kid, exactly with a genetic disorder right yeah there's a chance you might but they are rare um to both especially for both partners to be carriers to pass that on so uh that's why we're including it in this episode because it is rare but it's still i mean it's still worth mentioning yeah um other syndromes that you might have heard about fragile x syndrome it's another genetic condition, and it causes a range of de- developmental problems, including learning disabilities and cognitive impairments. And usually males are more severely affected by this or- disorder. Um, another one is sickle cell anemia. And that's caused by a mutation in the gene that tells your body to make the red iron rich compound that gives blood its red color hemoglobin <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i said that wrong Hemo, hemoglobin i think i said goblin <laughs> you probably got that for me yeah yeah i say that a lot yes yeah, i so mean there's over 2000 there's a lot so if i named there's off all of them we'd be here <laughs> For a very long time. <laughs> um, oh, and cystic fibrosis is another big yeah, one. Common one. Um, that yeah. one's usually found in people of European descent. Like me and you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not a carrier, though. I am not either. I did. I pulled out my council genetic testing, though, because I remembered that I was a carrier for something I had never heard of. And thankfully, Bill was not, or we would have been doing pgd too mm-hmm. but mine was called a tpp1 related neuronal steroid lipofusion no something i don't know something fatal Ooh. which would have been terrible if we had like the mortality is very very low so does it have to do high. with fat uh i don't know it's you know um, like lipo <laughs> no uh, lipo you know uh, like liposuction no it's a degeneration of the brain leading to loss of mental and motor skills it's one of those really sad ones Oof. so thank god bill wasn't a carrier and we didn't have to go through that with a child but that that's why you do those that's why we recommend the the dna or the 
genetic genetic testing before you start IVF to like even though they're rare it's good to rule this stuff out and not everyone will necessarily be a carrier I had no. genetic testing because we had a failed IVF without a reason really I mean I think the reason is my egg quality because of PCOS but besides that yeah it was a weird it was weird to my new doctor that I got mm-hmm. after that anyway <laughs> but you if you're a carrier for something you you will most likely be asymptomatic right yeah so if you you're just have no carrier, way of knowing you're just a right. carrier you're just a carrier it's not yeah it's there so. hiding in your genes Speaking of the last one, chromosome translocation. Which is very confusing. It is confusing. And we only got tested for that after we had a failed IVF, Mm. too. I actually, I knew a girl, that's why she did IVF. Because she knew she had chromosome translocation? She had chromosome translocation of the seventh chromosome and maybe another one. So it was balanced, I think. Yes. So, yes. So they switch. They switch chunks of your chromosome they're like hey i like that chromosome over there and then that chromosome over there there's a piece of it that's like hey i like that chromosome that you just bounced off of they do red rover they do red rover exactly and i think of like the blocks that my girls play with if they make like a square with green blocks and a square with yellow blocks it's like you take the end the the end of the square and you switch it out with the yellow one and put the yellow one where the green one was right green one where the yellow one was and so it's still a balanced chromosome but it's it's uh it's not it's got some funky dna happening so since it's balanced usually people with the balanced translocation they don't have issues is that correct Correct. that's correct when they go only when they start trying to divide their genetic material yeah so it's when they it's it's when their cells divide to create an egg or sperm cells that's when the they either have extra genetic material or missing genetic material and that is what leads to you know possible miscarriage because um Things could could work for a while, but eventually when they keep dividing, something goes wrong along the way. And if the if the child does make it to birth, can it also cause other problems if it makes it? Because sometimes don't don't they make it? it? I don't that I don't know. I don't I didn't read anything about that. I read that if this happened, if you most often it leads to miscarriage because you're missing or you have too much like the the genes are not balanced but you can have a child some like there is a, the possibility of having the genes go the right direction too that's why you can use IVF with PGD right or else Again, i mean it's all a, if it was it's all a game of odds with your genes yeah <laughs> If, if you always had problems, then IVF wouldn't even be an option. Exactly. So there's hope. Exactly. There's hope. Right. There's always hope. Yeah. So there are also some genetic factors that like either alter or halt the development of egg and sperm, like the chromosome translocation. 
And another one that I was reading about would be like sperm DNA fragmentation. Have you heard of this, Sarah? I've heard of it, but yeah, I didn't. I've heard of fragmentation in embryos. Is that the DNA fragmenting off or is that something different? Uh. Well, I think fragmentation really, it's like damage seen in sperm. So this is like another, I would guess maybe eventually when the technology catches up, this will be another parameter in in a sperm semen analysis. So this is That'd like be looking, great. Yeah, this is looking even further into your sperm. So it's it's going, um, so right now we mostly look at the shape and their their how they move. And this is looking at the DNA inside the sperm. Which would which be really crazy. small, I would think. Very small. Yeah. So there's a online test that you, Episono, we um, mentioned it uh, like I, the first several episode? episodes ago. Yeah. Or maybe second or third or something. I think it was when we were talking about male infertility. Mm. And I got this off of their website. They don't do DNA fragmentation testing, um, but they listed or they were giving information on their website about what it is so i was going to read part of it just to explain um sperm dna fragmentation refers to the amount of damage seen in sperm dna so it's calculating what percentage of the sperm has breaks in the dna okay so um it's like so sperm are very small, yet they need to carry massive amounts of genetic information to the egg, like you were just saying. With so much DNA getting packed into such a tiny sperm cell, it turns out like not everything arrives intact. So it's very normal for men to have some fragmentation, just like it's normal to have abnormal shaped sperm and slow moving sperm like we talked about. This is te- this is giving you an idea of how many of your sperm have DNA fragmentation. Okay, that's the parameter that they're looking for. Okay, so in other words, you can have normal sperm count. Like your husband could go do a semen analysis and have everything look normal. But like you could have normal count, motility, morphology, and still have a large amount of sperm DNA damage. So... It's another parameter to look at sperm. When can they tell on the embryo if it's sperm DNA damage? I don't know if they can tell on the embryo. Because... I don't know if they can tell after it's been fertilized. They can tell before, though. Okay. Which is... which is If they test you... Like, you go through IVF... Because this is another one that's expensive. I think you have to... It's not an easy test. The sperm DNA one? Fragmentation. It's not as easy as a, as a semen analysis. Can they even do it yet? Oh, yeah. They can do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they can do it. But it's all, it's another one of those, like, they don't recommend it until you've had failure or recurrent miscarriage or unexplained infertility, where they're like, maybe it's this. Because and we'll I do thought this. it was, like, after the five days, the, sper- the embryo starts having problems because of sperm. Well, that's... Uh, well, I mean, Issues. it could be, but th- they could both be true, what you're, what we're saying. Yeah. But it's, um, so, in other words, they can know this about the sperm before it fertilizes the egg, which is the point. That'd be nice. That would be nice. Exactly. But then I read, th- I thought this was interesting. <laughs> it says, 
Interestingly, the egg has some capacity to repair damaged sperm DNA upon fertilization. Girls are always However, fixing everything. I know, right? <laughs> However, scientists believe there may be a threshold of DNA damage beyond the repair capacity of the eggs. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the woman who always seeks out the guy she needs. Like, she's like, bad I boy. can fix him. You can't fix I- him. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are some men that are beyond repair, ladies. Don't waste your time. Don't I waste your time was fixing them. Come on. <laughs> Maybe we should give relationship advice to people before <laughs> they discover they're infertile. <laughs> that could be a different podcast. Yeah, that sounds a little different. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, since we're on the topic of sperm, I thought I'd share two two things from our two comments from our. This was a, a question we posed on the podcast, on the podcast in the Facebook group. Right, that, and there were a lot of responses. I was there like, were, I was expecting like no one to respond. We just asked, "Hey, if you think you have a rare or weird diagnosis, can do you want to share it on the podcast?" Yeah, and. There were, there were some people that wanted to share. So since these have to do with sperm, I'm going to share them real quick. This is from Aaron. I don't have a rare issue. I have PCOS, but my husband has, ha, was born extremely premature. Because of that, his testicles didn't properly descend and now don't make good quality sperm. He has very low sperm count, only 1% normal appearance, and none swim properly. While I freely volunteer up the information that I have PCOS, I don't mention his sperm issues because he's less comfortable with it, which leads everyone to say, quote, plenty of ladies with PCOS go on to have kids. Don't worry. Insert huge eye roll. (laughs) Of course. On the bright side, I find it especially comforting that we both struggle with infertility. So it's no one's, quote, fault. I love that it's an us thing. Yes. I can relate to that too. It does take some of the, it takes the weight off of the, if you're in a like situation like you were in, Sarah, and all the weight is on one person, I'm sure that's really tough. Yeah. I told Peter he'd be a good sperm donor and he said, no. (laughs) I said, I'd donate eggs and he said, no. (laughs) I'm like, you'd be great. You're tall. You look like a Disney character. You look like a Disney character. He said, <laughs> no. So, sorry if someone wanted a sperm. Uh, he said this no. This is very strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but thank you for sharing, Erin. Yeah. That is like, yeah, I get where she's coming from with the... um, Like, not wanting to share. Like, I think that's so nice of you to... You, you don't mind sharing your, quote, issue, but I could understand him not wanting to share his. I mean, that's so nice that you shared his, his issue with us so we could right. share with the Internet. Yes. And in case, I mean, <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> I mean, if other people have this going on, that's so nice. I had no idea. I didn't know prematurity caused sperm issues did you know that um i mean from what she describes i could i didn't know it but i could see it happening oh yeah i just didn't know that that boys born premature could have sperm issues yeah i think that by the time they're full term 
their testicles will descend. And sometimes they don't even descend by that time. Yeah. But, I mean, being really premature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm but- So, I have follow-up questions, but... It's not like she can answer us now. <laughs> it's not right now, but she she probably is listening. So what Hi, I Aaron. wonder is, like, did his testicles ever descend? They would have to, <laughs> I right? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't mean to laugh. I'm just laughing at Sarah's face because <laughs> she looks very inquisitive. I forgot that you can see me. Good thing I'm not picking <laughs> my nose. <laughs> I just wonder, yeah, or and then Ixie, what's their, mm-hmm. yeah, what's their, how are they, what's their plan? What's their protocol? I think Ixie could. I wonder if they would have to do like a sperm extraction. Well, I mean, it sounds like they didn't know that he had this issue. So maybe he can ejaculate. Yeah, I think he. Well, I don't know. You're right. We have no, we don't know a lot of the so, of the story. So you see, I need more information. So Aaron, if we he need can, more information, if he can ejaculate, then they can probably do ICSI, or would they want to go in and get the premature sperm? Right. That's what I mean. That's what I'm curious about. And I wonder what the plan is. Has your doctor told you that you can do ICSI? That's my question. Or that you might need an extraction. Or does the doctor say go with a sperm donor? Yeah. Lots of questions. Erin, if you feel like answering any of our questions. <laughs> I need a follow-up on this. And Or if you want to say none your business, you can say that that's too. That's fine too. There are so many girls that I see protecting their guys, like not wanting yeah. to bring up their male infertility issues. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I mean, I see both sides of it. You're right. It's not that big of a deal. But it is to some men. And that's very valid. No, it is. But, but when I see guys talking about their issues openly, I'm like, yes. Yeah, because the secrecy is what makes it a big deal. Or, like, makes it feel like it's a topic that's embarrassing mm-hmm. or shameful or something. Did you ever watch Kaylin and Robert on YouTube? I did see a few of their their shows, episodes, whatever. Yeah, I, I talked to them, but Robert was always like very upfront saying, I also have an issue. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't shy about it, which I think a lot of guys probably see that and feel better. Yes, of course. Of course they do. That's how we feel when we when other women are like, I have this. Me too. Yeah. It's that oh, I went to a camaraderie choir. around your dysfunctional reproductive organs. I went to a choir reunion, like a high school show choir reunion a couple weeks ago. Nice. And this one girl who was older than me, she looked familiar. Like, I didn't even know that she was in the choir. Like, I don't remember her being in it, but she must have been at some point since she came to the reunion. But she's like, yeah, I ended up in the hospital. It turns out I have PCOS. And I was like, me too. <laughs> but she didn't don't really Don't you love much. when you can bond over your shitty ovaries? She didn't seem to care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's usually you were, how You it were goes. like way more excited about it than she was. I was. She was like, um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, with my story. 
<laughs> like, thank God I've got the infertile mafia. <laughs> I'm that's just how conversations go with people for me in public. Like I'll say something that I think is funny and they'll be like, All right. <laughs> I think you're funny, Sarah. And then there's some people that get it and then we really click. Yeah, well, you do have that, like, awkward sense of humor that I love. True. Some people don't get it. But it's not for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, and it makes things weird. (laughs) Then I'm like, okay, well. I feel like a lot of women can identify with that. Yeah. But maybe some of them can't. They're too cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we have another story about... Sperm. Sperm. Yes. And we've heard from, this is Ashley, and her husband, Jacob, um, suffered an injury in Afghanistan when he was deployed over there um, that paralyzed him. And so he suffers from an ejaculation, which, and she says, which seems to be rare, and it doesn't just affect men who are paralyzed. A small percentage of men without SCI can also have the condition. And she's right. That'd be surprising, though. Why? What do you mean? I mean, a small percentage of men, like if you were one of those guys. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very surprising. Stuff comes out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like you do not get the joke in the locker room when you're 12. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I don't I don't get it. (laughs) What's everyone talking about? This yogurt slinger business. What's happening? I mean, for yeah. not trying to get pregnant, I feel like that could be maybe a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but not in this case. No messy cleanup. Not what clean this up. podcast is about. No messy cleanup. I'm just trying Lovely. to find the positives in this situation. Right. Always looking for the positives. Yeah. But she's right. It is rare, but thankfully, there's hope on that one, too. So, And they have done sperm extraction. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Yep. And Ashley and Jacob, they were two people who, before meeting each other, they didn't want kids, right? Sure, she didn't. I think he I didn't either. They were both yeah, like, I'm not sure. no children. And then they met each other. She had tubes like, tied. Yeah. As a single yeah. person, which they don't. Right. She got a lot of pushback, but she finally got done. And then she met her husband and she was like. She finally wore down her OBG <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> She was like, it was his, she said something like he was retiring. She's like, I convinced him to tie my tubes <laughs> on his way out. Yeah. Hey, if Come you're going to have one more surgery, if you're going to have to do IVF either way, which she would have, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So why not have your tubes tied? <laughs> and then untied. Oh, did she have them untied? Um, oh my gosh. I can't remember. I'm sorry, Ashley. She has a very remember. complex story. Yeah. I see her Facebook profile picture in my head. I know, and it makes me smile. I love her Facebook profile picture. Yeah. That's her, from her wedding. It's very sweet. Oh, the wedding picture. I assume pictures. it's from her wedding. They were so... I loved it. That's right. That was another thing we did this weekend. The royal wedding. And then in people honor sh- of the royal wedding. Yeah. We shared wedding photos. Guys, if you... If you're not a part of this and you want to be, go join the Facebook group. It's a really you're fun missing group. Out. And I feel like yeah. people have made friends. Come join the mafia. It's Kayla cool and I kind of stand back and watch. But yeah, we love it. 
people are making friends in there. Yeah. Go make some friends. Yeah. Go make some friends like Ashley the next and the next Ashley. We have two Ashleys back to back. Other so, Ashley is pretty cool. I'm friends yeah. with her. Oh, and you know who else is cool in there? <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool people in there. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings by naming names. Everyone's cool. We could say Ashley and that would cover like... 50%. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe Sarah. The, Sarah's so cool in there. I'm sure there's the like Ashley's born in the, in the mid 80s. Yeah. We're, there's a lot of you guys. Yeah. But speaking of the next Ashley, she, her rare diagnosis is poor egg poor egg quality so this is a segue into like low amh or Mm -hmm. diminished ovarian reserve or poor egg quality and this is only for women in their early 20s like young women because this is not a rare diagnosis if you're quote an older fertility patient so like mid to late 30s that's very common but when you're 20 what did she say 24 yeah she was pretty young yeah when she was told she has low amh and bad egg quality so um that's another kind of rare one that can be autoimmune or genetic is what i found i think that hers she has celiac disease so i feel Mm. like hers could be related to that yeah, it sounds like an autoimmune thing. Yeah, because she really has it. <laughs> you know how yeah. some people are like, I'm gluten-free. Right. Because I might not- have celiacs. And she she has celiacs. Mm. Like, okay. She got diagnosed through being super sick and going to the right. hospital and all that. Oh. Yeah. As a teen. But yeah, it's another, like, um, when your immune system like which we're going to talk about in a minute like attacks your you know healthy tissue normal tissue and that can affect your ovaries and your egg production unfortunately yeah so ashley's story ashley says i feel like people don't really think they're infertile or for having bad egg quality at such a young age But it obviously happens. I was told I had bad egg quality when I was 24 years old. I'm almost 27 now. And people are always like, that can't be right. You're so young. I know poor egg quality is is a very common diagnosis. I just don't think everyone is educated on it. That is correct. And she's... She's right that it's common, but like I said, it's not common for a 24-year-old. But you don't even know until you do IVF. Uh-huh. Right. Until they test your And it AMH goes down too. the drain. Yeah. Sucks. I, I read um, on the Center for Human Production, they have a website, and they're starting to link more um, causes of poor egg quality to possible genetics as well. So I read this, women with a particular type of, and I don't know what this is, FMR1 gene mutation more likely to develop diminished ovarian reserve at a young age so and they when that happens they are starting to recommend that those patients go straight to IVF so I'm sorry so I wonder if there's anything they can do for the egg quality 
Because, well, I th- yeah, when you have low in AMH, they recommend taking DHEA, right? Yeah. But don't take thing. that if you have PCOS. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I think there, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ways if it's an autoimmune thing that you can probably improve egg quality. If it's a genetic thing, you might be, well, I don't know. If it's um, a genetic thing, maybe they can find like a couple good eggs there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you've got good eggs in there somewhere, Ashley. She does. She needs a them. better doctor. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> we cut this out of an earlier episode because I went on a rant about <laughs> Ashley's old clinic. And I looked Sarah them up. Sarah and Ashley are friends, so she's like intimately familiar with her story. <laughs> yeah, because when she was going through it, I'm like, this doesn't sound right. This does not sound right. Something's wrong here. This doctor, something's wrong. And it was bad. But I looked up the clinic and they changed their name. And Shady. got a new web- website, and Shadier. they actually got some new doctors. So shadiest. <laughs> I'm. They also raised their IVF prices, hmm. and their website looks a lot better. And they actually it seems like they have embryologists that are real embryologists now. Like when she was there, they they said, "Uh, yeah, her name's Kim." <laughs> Like, do you have any information about Kim? Like, does Kim, she no last name have a degree? no letters after her name? <laughs> if you're gonna be messing with my embryos, you better be at least master's level. Uh, yeah, most embryologists are about master's level. I don't think that they there's not a whole lot of doctor. The embryologist is the unsung hero. They are. I mean, they can truly make or break what happens. I keep telling my cousin-in-law, she just graduated. She wants to be a pediatrician. I'm like, be an embryologist. Yeah. Why do you want to be a pediatrician? Sick kids? Ugh. (laughs) And you don't have to deal with clients? Yeah. No, it is an important job to be a pediatrician, but I feel like- being an embryologist would be awesome because you don't have to deal with people besides the doctors. You just hand the embryos through a little window when it's time. I know. You just get to play in Petri dishes all day. Yeah. (laughs) So Billy, this is our other egg quality person. She says... I've known for a while that one ovary wasn't functional and, quote, small, while the other was extremely enlarged and PCOS-ridden. Yes, this sounds very rare. However, I've recently found that my RE says my right ovary appears menopausal, would be the small one, which lines up with my hormone tests and my recent tests for low ovarian reserve, which isn't confirmed, but my doc is running more tests and considering premature menopause as a possibility. That may not be so peculiar. However, I'm only 25. Worth noting, the menopausal ovary was first noticed at 23 and assumed a birth defect by my OBGYN, but my RE disagrees. So she's in the middle of getting diagnosed right now, trying to get to the bottom of But she has these two completely different ovaries that are, they're doing totally different things. They're opposite. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I don't I've never heard of that. I haven't either. You got hope, me on that one. I know because you've got the the menopausal ovary and I wonder if it's affecting the PCOS ovary cuz I mean you would deduce that they're creating their own hormones like separately, right? I don't know. This is an interesting I would think your hormones would be the same. Yeah, but I mean, um, like the one ovary is not going to, like the one that never ovulates is, I don't know. Maybe they'll take it out. I don't know. I'm curious what the plan is. Yeah. Or has anyone else had any anything like this going on? To let us know. Keep us updated, Billy. Keep us updated for sure. This is, if you, if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I have that, or you feel like you have something weird that we don't talk about, then come join the mafia and talk about it. You might find some other people that are going through it too. Or email us. Or yeah, email us. Infertilmafia at gmail.com. So yeah, that, that, that concludes our section on genetic stuff. So we're going to wrap up this first half of our weird diagnoses. I looked it up. It is diagnoses episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we are going to continue in the next episode talking about blood clotting disorders and some other rare disorders that we haven't even heard of before. Autoimmune, autoimmune. And then there's one that we don't know a name of. (laughs) and we're gonna share more of your stories yeah it's it's gonna be another double header this week yes and in the next episode you'll hear our out of the box where i finally tell you my story about (laughs) ancestry.com and kayla will tell you about zumba yeah so that one's out now so just go ahead and click on the next episode and as always Thanks for joining. Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe and rate and uh, all that do good all stuff. that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, email, all the things. Do all the things. <laughs> They're in the show notes if you want to find the email address. And we talked about it at the beginning. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll just pick up in the next episode. Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye. Bye.